Life Audio. You are listening to The Beckett Cook Show with your host, Beckett Cook. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. To help support the podcast, visit patreon.com slash the Beckett Cook Show. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a five-star rating. Hey guys, welcome to 2024. I hope you had a nice Christmas and New Year's. And today I want to talk about the recent development in the Catholic Church, namely that Pope Francis is allowing priests to to bless same-sex couples. But first, a word from our sponsor. Um, This is kind of, when I read the article in the New York Times, which I'm going to go through, um, it was kind of shocking because I thought the Catholic Church would hold the line on this issue, but apparently they're not. So <laughs> let's 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 look at what what is happening. And I want to go through a couple of these articles from the New York Times about this and then look at the response of Dr. Robert Gagnon, who has been on this show before. he he wrote an article, a great response to this uh, to this new um, document from the Vatican. And so the title of the New York Times article that came out on December 18th is Pope Francis allows priests to bless same-sex couples. And it says the Vatican said Monday that Pope Francis had allowed priests to bless same-sex couples, his most definitive step yet to make the Roman Catholic Church more welcoming to the LGBTQ Catholics and more reflective of his vision of a more pastoral and less rigid church. So um, I've read the document and I'm going to link it below. Uh, the document is, is uh, it's crazy. The, the, the kind of Orwellian doublespeak <laughs> in the document makes no sense, but um, I'll continue. So, um, it goes on, this article goes on to say, the Vatican had long said it could not bless same-sex couples because it would undermine church doctrine that marriage is only between a man and a woman, um, which obviously is the case. But the new rule made clear that a blessing of a same-sex couple was not the same as a marriage sacrament, a formal ceremonial rite. It also stressed that it was not a blessing, it was not blessing the relationship, and that to avoid confusions, blessings should not be imparted during or connected to the ceremony of a civil or same-sex union, or when there are any clothing gestures or words that are proper to a wedding. So it's this kind of weird, slippery language that doesn't really make any sense. Like you're blessing a same-sex couple, but you're not really blessing them. It does. It, it makes no sense. So it goes on to say, blessings instead are better imparted, the Vatican says, during a meeting with a priest, a visit to a shrine, during a pilgrimage, or as a prayer recited in a group. So again, it's just like, what does this mean? 
the, it goes on to say the new rule was issued in a declaration, a rare and important Vatican document by the church's official office, by the church's office on doctrine and introduced by its head, Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez. This Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez is the one who uh, wrote this document and it was signed by Pope Francis. And he uh, is very close, obviously close friends with the Pope and he is very liberal in his theology. So this is this is how this kind of all started, um, which I'll get into more in a minute. Um, and it, it goes on to say, he says, Cardinal Fernandez says, it is precisely in this context that one can understand the possibility of blessing couples in irregular situations. I don't know what that means, irregular situations, and same-sex couples without officially validating their status or changing in any way the church's perennial teaching on marriage. So uh, it's just strange that, and again, there but for the grace of God go I. I always say this. I lived this life. I was blind. I, God saved me out of that life, and I'm so grateful. And um, we should absolutely love our gay neighbors, our LGBTQ neighbors, and um, and we should, you know, absolutely love them. And so, but there's a difference between loving them and blessing them or affirming. So, um, it goes on to say. In his introduction to the declaration, to this document, which was signed and approved by Pope Francis, Cardinal Fernandez nevertheless acknowledged that broadening the scope of who could receive blessings amounted to a real development and an innovative contribution to the pastoral meaning of blessings. He said the decision was based on the pastoral vision of Pope Francis. So uh, Pope Francis was all in on this one. And uh, we'll get to, I'm going to get to why he changed his, his mind on this. Um, it was very, very interesting how that happened. And then it goes on to say, the request for a blessing, the declaration states, expresses and nurtures openness to the transcendence. Now, before I finish this, just notice how this is just, a word salad. It's gobbledygook. It doesn't make any sense. The request for a blessing, the declaration states, expresses and nurtures openness to the transcendence, mercy, and closeness to God in a thousand concrete circumstances of life, which is no small thing in the world in which we live. It is a seed of the Holy Spirit that must be nurtured, not hindered. I don't even know. I don't even know what to say about that because it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and that that's that's kind of the, the entire document. It's a very long document from the Vatican. The entire document um, is like that. It just it, it's kind of it's it's uh it's doublespeak. It's it's Orwellian doublespeak. And so he. Uh, Francis, it goes on to say, Francis wants most of all a spontaneity and closeness to the faithful that he considers vital to the church's survival. So P Pope Francis thinks that the church's survival is based on his decision, 
<laughs> didn't Jesus say, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it? Jesus's church is never going to, to fail and it's always going to survive. So um, Pope Francis changing uh, changing his theology on this or changing God's word is not going to help. It's actually going to hurt a lot of people. And so, um, and then, so I want to get into, there was a subsequent New York times article um, on like a few days later that came out that said um, on that talks about why this shift happened is the title of the article is Pope's shift on gay couples followed quiet talks and loud resistance. And it says in March of 2021, as stunned LGBTQ Catholics grappled with a Vatican document approved by Pope Francis that ruled against blessing same-sex unions, one of his confidants who is gay says they spoke on the phone. So he has a close friend named Juan Carlos Cruz and it says Juan Carlos Cruz, a sexual abuse survivor who had befriended the Pope over years of conversations, says that Francis, who had just returned from Iraq, gave him the sense that the Vatican machine had gotten ahead of him in its ruling. In the in the ruling, it stated that God cannot bless sin. the 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 document in 2021 said that God cannot bless sin, but then because of his close friendship with this gay person Juan Carlos Cruz he changes his mind over over many conversations and over many years and that's what I mean I we see this happen all the time it's like when a child comes out to his parents the parents suddenly change their theology or uh, entire evangelical churches change their theology um, based on subjective feelings rather than based on the word of God. The word of God is eternal. It's authoritative. It never changes. And so what what's interesting too is 30 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, this would not even be an issue. Like the Pope would not be blessing same-sex couples 30 years ago. And why is it suddenly happening now? I always say this. I mean, follow the culture, follow the culture. So that's what churches, including now the Roman Catholic Church, is doing. It's following the culture and trying to stay, quote, relevant. We'll be right back after this short break. And he said, this article goes on to say, now, as liberals celebrate and same-sex couples begin to receive public blessings, some are wondering why the Pope delivered the groundbreaking rule now, more than a decade after he started his pontificate with a resoundingly inclusive message on gay issues. Who am I to judge? Quote, who am I to judge? He famously said in 2013 when asked about a priest rumored to be gay. And even that, even that statement, who am I to judge by the Pope? Um, well, does he read the Bible? <laughs> no, First Corinthians five. When Paul is talking about sexual immorality in the in the church, he says, "For what? For what?" And he's talking about kicking this guy out of church for having sex with his father's wife. Um, he says, "For what have I to do with judging outsiders?" 
is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. So Paul is saying, yes, inside the, we are to judge inside the church believers. We're not to judge people outside the church. I mean, they're not, they're not believers. They're not professing Christians. When Pope Francis says, who am I to judge? It's just, again, it's trying to stay relevant, trying to keep the church, the Catholic church afloat in the times we live. It's, it's letting the times, the epoch we live in control theology rather than the Bible <laughs> controlling theology. And, um, and then he said, the article goes on, people who have talked to him over the years and the Vatican analysts say Francis's thinking evolved. This sounds like Barack Obama. Francis's thinking evolved through frequent prior, private conversations with LGBTQ Catholics and the priests and nuns who minister to them. So again, it's, I always say this, it's like, we're we're letting we're either letting the word of god shape us or the world shape us and clearly the world is shaping the catholic church now uh on this matter and the article goes on to say in his decade as, decade as pope francis has filled lgbtq catholics with hope he made a point to congratulate sister gramic and her incur and encourage her work. Sister Gramic was blessing same-sex couples for a long, long time. He met with and ministered to transgender Catholics himself and counseled gay couples on the upbringing of their children. He said homosexuality should not be criminalized and and supported civil unions. He recently made it clear that transgender people can be baptized, serve as godparents, and be witnesses at church weddings. So. This Pope obviously is very, very progressive. In January last year, he fired the doctrine office number two official, Archbishop Giacomo Morandi, who was widely considered responsible for the 2021 document, the conservative document, sending, and he sent him to a small Italian town. So this guy, this priest, this uh, Archbishop gets sent to a, you know, basically Siberia because he is following God's word. Bizarre. Um, okay, so now I want to look at Robert, Dr. Robert Gagnon's, some of his response to this. Um, I'll link this article as well down below. Dr. Gagnon was on my show before. Um, he's the author of The Bible and Homosexual Practice. He And he's a professor of Bible at... Houston Christian University. He holds a BA from Dartmouth, an MTS from Harvard Divinity School, and a PhD from Pr Princeton Theological Seminary. So he's no dummy. <laughs> he's, he's very smart. And um, I have his book on uh, the Bible and homosexual practice. And if you ever want to really understand, it's a very large book. If you want to really understand every uh nook and cranny about this issue the, that book is really really good it's amazing so in his article he says that the document that the vatican released is a master class example of double speak so like i said orwellian double speak on the one hand the document denies that such a non-ritualized or informal blessing gives any legitimacy to homosexual unions 
On the other hand, it provides the foundation for precisely such legitimate legitimization by treating the union as something that qualifies for a blessing. So it's like, which is it? You can't have it both ways. And then he goes on to say, substitute for, quote, same-sex couple, an adult committed man, mother, or sister-brother incestuous couple, or worse still, a pedophilic couple. And you will get the point that blessing at any level is incompatible with a sexual behavior that is deemed morally abhorrent to God. So he uses the example basically of 1 Corinthians 5. So would would Paul bless would Paul bless the man who's sleeping with his father's wife? I doubt that. So <laughs> I doubt that very seriously. Um in fact he he told he kicked he he told him to the church to deliver him over to Satan so he could be restored. But um he goes on to say Robert Gagnon says, can you imagine the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 5, I just said this, who was outraged by the Corinthian toleration of an incestuous relationship, permitting the believers at Corinth to give a blessing for the, for all that is good in that very same relationship between the Christian man and his stepmother? I can't because it's historically impossible. Nobody with even a bare minimum of theological and ethical acumen could possibly argue otherwise. So again, obviously, Paul is not going to bless a relationship between uh, a man sleeping with his father's wife, nor is he, would he ever bless a homosexual union or couple. Um, Paul talks about homosexuality very strongly in the New Testament. We won't get into the verses, but he says we... And he, he does say, which I'm glad he says this, he says, we are not advocating here for cruelty towards those engaged in sexual sin. Jesus was known for reaching out in love to both sexual sinners and to exploitative tax collectors. So again, we're not, I, again, we are, are to love our neighbor. That's as Christians were to love our neighbor as ourselves. And that includes uh, sexual centers or LGBTQ people. He goes on to say, everyone can be reclaimed by repentance and faith, which precludes a willful persistence in a pattern of egregious sexual sin. Withholding the blessing of an immoral union or of a of the couple essential to such a union is not the same as withholding a blessing to a sinful individual who wishes to cease from sinning. The sinful woman who washed Jesus's feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair as a response of gratitude to divine forgiveness is not going to exit the door to return to her sinful behavior with other persons. So again, if you're blessing same-sex couples, you're, ta you're tacitly saying that, that what they're doing is fine. And, um, and there's no, there's no call to repentance. I mean, that's the most important thing for the, for the, for repentance to happen. And then he goes on to say, what would be cruel is conveying the false impression that God is in some way blessing the immoral union for that would leave the couple lost in their sins and dead to God rather than as found in repentance and alive to God. 
Such a false conveyance puts the immoral couple at high risk of being excluded eternally from the kingdom of God. That's cruel. And again, (laughs) I've said this on the show before. The only reason I talk about this stuff is because I want people to have eternal life. It's because I love people. It's not because I'm hate I'm hating on some group of people. I used to be one of those people. So I understand. I um I want to see people come to repentance and uh come to faith in Christ. That's all that's all I care about. And so um he goes on in his article to say that the document states that Quote, there is no intention to legitimize anything, but rather to open one's life to God, to ask him for his help to live better, and also to invoke the Holy Spirit so that the values of the gospel may be lived with greater faithfulness. Again, this is double speak. So again, that's some weird word salad that doesn't make sense. And then he goes on. The only way to live better or to live with greater faithfulness is to dissolve the relationship completely. One can't morally improve the homosexual relationship in any meaningful way that would honor God any more than an incestuous relationship can be improved apart from dissolving it. So the Pope should be telling priests when they're caring for, you know, couples or caring for homosexual couples, the priest should be saying, we love you, but you, we need, we, you need to repent of this. You need to turn away from this and turn to Christ and um, follow him. But that's, that's not happening. So the document adds, Robert Gagnon says, the document adds, in a quote, in a brief prayer preceding this spontaneous blessing, the ordained minister could ask the individuals that individuals have peace, health, and a spirit of patience, dialogue, and mutual assistance, but also God's light and strength to be able to fulfill his will completely. This is more doublespeak, he says. And then he, he clarifies this. He says, praying for a homosexual couple to have more patience with one another and to help each other does not provide even a partial fulfillment of God's will for the relationship. For God has no will for the relationship to exist at all. The fundamental problem with the relationship is not an incapacity to demonstrate mutual patience and assistance, but rather the fact that it is a homosexual relationship. So, um, still more double talk. He Uh, He goes on to say, it is mere window dressing when this document asserts that, quote, the form of which blessing should not be fixed reality ritually by ecclesial authorities to avoid producing confusion with the blessing proper to the sacrament of marriage, end quote. A sexual relationship, he says, Robert Gagnon says, a sexual relationship that can be blessed informally will invariably over time be blessed as a formally ritualized, in a formally ritualized way. We are just slowly boiling the frog here. So I predict in the next five years that the Roman Catholic Church is going to fully 
um, condone gay marriage and actually um, ha actually have the sacrament of marriage apply to homosexual relationships. I, if this continue, if this trajectory, unless some conservative Pope comes after Francis and reverses all of this, but um, Robert Gagnon says the document claims that the blessing can have as its purpose, quote, so that human relationships may mature and grow in fidelity to the gospel, that they may be freed from their imperfections and frailties, and that they may express themselves in an ever-increasing dimension of divine love. Again, I have no idea what any of that means, but Robert Gagnon says, again, the problem with homosexual relationships, what makes them abhorrent to God, is not that they need further mature and to it's not that they need to further mature and grow in fidelity to the gospel as if they had already reflected some minimal amount of fidelity to the gospel but just needed more of the same the relationship by its very existence manifests a profound unfaithfulness to the gospel from the get-go so he goes on to say the only way that such relationships can be freed from their imperfections is to end them immediately it is not a question of an ever-increasing dimension of the divine love as, as though the participants in the homosexual relationship are, are already on the right tra trajectory. This is akin to claiming that continuing to travel further in the wrong direction only with greater ease is an improvement of the journey. And then he finally, he says in this article, Robert Gagnon says, Pope Francis is, I think, ordering a seismic shift in the Catholic Church's teaching on homosexual relationships with the ultimate goal of the full endorsement of such relationships. He is doing as much as he can to, to hasten that development, short of provoking an all-out Catholic civil war. So that's what's going on in the Catholic Church right now, and... um I, again, I was so shocked when I read this this article of the New York Times because when it comes to pro-life issues and se uh, sexual issues, the, the Roman Catholic Church has always held the line. And so this is this is a seismic shift. And it's it's happening all over. It's happening in Protestant churches as well. Obviously, it's been happening for many, many years. And but again, not to fret because um, Jesus will build his church and the, the the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So um, I hope that helped, and I hope, uh, yeah, just to, that helped you become. If Catholic people, Roman Catholic people, are watching or listening. I hope that helps you understand what is going on in the, in the Catholic church. And um, I don't know what, you know, local priests are, think about this. I mean, I'm sure there's a major divide on this in the church, Catholic church, but um, yeah. So just be aware of that. Thank you for watching and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Beckett Cook Show. Your support makes this content possible. All episodes of The Beckett Cook Show are also available on YouTube. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, 
visit his website at beckettcook.com. Thank you to the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find more faith-centered podcasts about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers Podcast, a ministry of million praying moms. And I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers Podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.